Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world and what a world it is right now. It's me, Damien Barr, inviting you to take a wee pause and listen to some stories. This is another Salon exclusive, a podcast where you get to be the first to hear about the upcoming books that we are most excited about. So welcome to this new episode. Today we are reading a timely and thoughtful novel entitled The Red Children by Maggie G. Maggie G. O-B-E-F-R-S-L, who in 2012 became the Professor of Creative Writing at Bath Spa. She is esteemed and brilliant and continues to be original and pioneering in her writing. The Red Children is about a refugee crisis of sorts. It explores themes of far-right extremism and the aftermath of a mysterious disease which may or may not have been brought by these new people. It's set in the year 2030 and these red people appear they are sort of larger and heavier um, than us. They are naked on the beach and Ramsgate and they say that they are fleeing the heat and rising sea levels. Of where though? They are in search of a new home in this sleepy seaside town. Some people welcome them with open arms, others regard them with suspicion and some with outright hostility. So it's kind of familiar but also unfamiliar which is what the best fiction does right? It's not a climate despair story or cli-fi, I do like that term cli-fi, it's more really, it's a book about hope um, and kindness which I think you'll find uplifting. So here is Maggie with more about her book. Hello Damien and hello Literary Salon members. I'm Maggie G and I'm imagining you here with me in my seaside front room because I'm going to read aloud the very beginning of my new novel, The Red Children, which is my 17th book. The copies have just arrived here and I love the look of it. It's very, well it's very red with fairy tale clouds and slightly strange figures looking out to sea. Just right for a fable, a fairy tale for adults, which is what I've written, complete with talking ravens, who you're going to meet today. It's also about migration. After all, we live on an island, so that's all of us. It's set in the future, but you're going to meet Neanderthals. And it's about kindness. I sometimes think there's not enough written about kindness. So we begin by the side of the harbour, very early one winter morning, when a sea cadet spots something very surprising on the quay. The first red people came over by sea. Once upon a time, Ramadan Bakri, a 17-year-old sea cadet, arriving at the harbour early, just after the January sun had risen, found them sitting damp and large and red and shaking with cold on the edge of the quay. They looked up in wonder at the rising sun to the east, then turned their heads to peer west over the bright crosshatch lines of the masts of the yachts at Ramsgate. Now it's called Redsgate, the same small town on the southeast point of England. People started to call us Redsgate as a joke because of the migrants, but who laughs last, laughs longest. Clean sandy beaches 
white cliffs striped with black flint, riddled with pigeon's nests, girl's nests, whistling starlings, crows washing out to steal eggs. Though people say nothing ever changed before the red people came, the chalk's always falling, the earth's always warming or cooling. Over millennia, the cliffs have slowly retreated, 30 yards or so every century. At low tide, you see lines of stumpy white pillars like a forest of teeth that thousands of years ago were cliffs. These thousands of years old cliff stumps are decked with vivid green seaweed every summer that came only 20 years ago from the hulls of Chinese cargo ships. Then they look like stromatolites, layered bacterial rocks four billion years old. Long before the cliffs and the crows, long before humans, love and hatred. Long before there was sea between us and Europe. Long before our town was built in a cradle between two cliff tops. Long before the Romans and the Vikings, all of whom landed here and fought and died on our beaches. On this stretch of shore where British history, written history at least, began. And those who stayed turned into us, the children of invaders, the British. Fast forward to our town a dozen or two years ago, before this all started. It had heritage fishing boats, trips to see the seals, arched quayside cafes and local historians, and an eager, newly bronzed contingent of Londoners. As Britain warmed up in the 21st century, chilly coastal resorts gained weeks of sunshine. More city dwellers moved down, then the waves of fire sent even more. People with cash to flash, who put a quick shine on facades of houses and restaurants, and a hopeful look on the faces of people with services to sell. So, there were cutting-edge chefs and foragers, writers and whelk potters, jazz bands, brass bands, actors and bakers, atheists, Hindus and Muslims, builders and binmen, line dancers and lindy hoppers, smoke boys, silver influencers and supersized sunglasses, and blue-berried sea cadets passing each other, calling, smiling, many different tribes making friends in the summer streets and cafes. Oh, and ghosts. New ghosts and old ghosts. Ghosts of the invaders, Belgians, Romans, Norsemen, though you have to listen, and paragliding gulls and green parakeets. It's heaven on earth, but not heaven. The seagulls fight for the roof ridges with the crows. Beneath the new money lie decades-old layers of unemployment. A cohort of youth who might never have jobs and whose parents grew old without jobs. There are still a few boarded up shops and cafes, patches of simmering anger that can be diverted into hatred of others. Put Britain first, a table of orators drinking in a pub. As to what part I play in this story, you will decide. An attendant lady can watch and eavesdrop and write things down. But all kinds of people and birds and beasts and the cliffs and the wind at night, the whispering aspens in King George VI Park, the invisible fungi feeding the roots of the trees, told the story to me. And the ravens, of course, they spoke to me as they flew over. Black, hammer-beaked, rough-necked birds who were racking and arcing from over the heavy-browed cliffs long before the Romans, wings flared like strong black fingers. Ravens are messengers, 
omens who perched on the shoulders of Old Norse gods and pointed to the past and future. Ravens, the birds who remember. Rock! Ark! Once upon a time, the ravens noticed something new. Strangers, incomers, migrants. They were all touching, Ramadan Bakri told his girlfriend, Sandra Birch, and pointing at the masts, and their clothes were wrong. Their clothes were a gift from Mrs Jackie West, not ten minutes earlier. On her way to open up the sailors' church, she was shocked to see four naked people with their arms round each other, sitting on the ground, red in the first rays of sun. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, she clucked at them. Too drunk to go home and lost your clothes? But she realised after a second or two, they were talking in a language she didn't understand. One had a draggle of seaweed on his shoulder. Love you therefore the stranger, she remembered from the Bible and blushed with shame as she went home to fetch them some clothes. Ah, you kind of humans, cried Roland the Raven, who was watching from the rigging of a large barge to his mate, Princess Ra. Ah, bigger heads than usual, don't you think? Ah, well, they've certainly got bigger heads than you, the princess said sharply. The wind was cold and he hadn't provided a nice dead lizard in ages. Ah, proportionate to my body, I have a very large head. Which was true, all ravens do. He turned so the wind fluffed up his feathers and gave him a crest of great dignity. When Jackie West came back with her bag of clothes, the weird creatures lit up by the rose-red morning sunlight didn't seem to know how to put them on. One youth pushed his arms into the legs of a pair of trousers and then they just looked at each other and laughed, then wrapped themselves up any old how in whatever was nearest. Jackie had brought a pen and paper to help them communicate, but they didn't. Later we got used to them laughing, but Jackie West felt faintly offended. Maybe they were drunk after all. The red people at first seemed like a rumour because most people had never seen one. And then among those so inclined, they became a focus for discontent. And finally, what did they become? A marvel, a wonder, and a mystery. After listening to that, do you not just want to go to a reading with her? She's absolutely brilliant. If I ever write a novel that includes talking crows, I know who to go to for the audiobook. That was Maggie G reading exclusively for the literary salon from her new novel, The Red Children. The novel is published by Independent Press, Saki Books, and is available now. You can get a copy through our shop on bookshop.org, and if you do that, you'll help us to support independent bookshops all over the UK. Everybody needs optimism right now, so please be sure to share this episode with a friend. A copy of the book is up for grabs in an upcoming giveaway, so be sure to sign up to our newsletter for your chance to win 
Thank you for listening and join us again soon.